We have a fantastic lineup for Parallax for next year, that's for sure. Indeed, that's one of the reasons my dick is so big. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk have a fantastic course up. We're coming up with Luke Benke about the hard way of Gurdjieff, no? The hard way. Yeah, the hard way, exactly. The hard and then you're way. Working, the big you're dick a, way. Exactly, and then you're working on a on a on a uh, like month long uh, exploration of love and die and the unique self with Gaffney, no? Also, yeah, we're doing the, the unique self with, with with Gaffney, the cosmoerotic unique self. That's amazing. That's pretty big good. dick things. Mm -hmm. Also, big dick things. Yeah, we're doing um, all big dick, big dick things. At, yeah, at yeah, yeah. New Year. Alexander Bart will do like a six-week course on process and event, and we will have the first annual uh, liminal web roast of Parallax Academy and Bad Cave and Integral Space, and the roastee will be also Alexander Bart. So that will we're going to roast the bard. We're going to roast the bard. It'll be a barbecue, bard, bard barbecue. Yes, barbecue. Do you get my yes? Joke? So funny. Yes. So, the liminal roast, February 11th, all is on our website. Layman Pascal will be the host and roast master general. And, I mean, if you want to know who is going to be the roasters, it's also on the webpage. But the mistress of magic will be there, the nutty professor, the whistler, the... It's the scapegoat mechanism AI nerd, the enfant terrible and the lethal flutist. They will the all be there. Yes. The lethal, lethal flutist. Yeah, yeah. I, I recognize all those <laughs> other people, but the lethal flutist. Yeah, yeah. You. I mean, you have to go on the web page to find out who the lethal flutist is. Uh huh. Don't you think we should call it the, the barbecue? I, I, I mean, I, that's just so we where we barbecue. Yeah, that bar. it's also nice, but we're thinking also about crucifix, crucifixion. I was thinking of doing a really like folk rock version of that song, very slow and kind of like, you know, like pick like Bruce Springsteen version of that song. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe do a cover of that. Yeah. Yeah. You will get a proper invite today. Yeah. Cause, cause Bard songs are good and, and they're hilarious and they're, they're brilliant. You know, the lyrics yeah and uh and uh, so somebody should do an album where they because it's it, it's all it's all uh, you know this sort of 90s uh gay disco stuff but but you know somebody should do a, a really macho you know kind of hetero bruce springsteen version of so you want to do like a songs. weird androvich or what yeah i want to do like a like a like a a version of alexander bird songs that are kind of like extremely earnest like the opposite of what he his, 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 his irony total seriously earnest song like crucify yeah. like i really mean it <laughs> you know i mean how many songs did he made like maybe that's his most famous one but he must have made like i don't know 200 songs 150 well, he's got a lot of songs yeah he's got yeah. he's got a lot of songs um, yeah and uh, yeah, well, there was a, there was a great interview actually about him talking about his music. I never talked to him about his music, right? But but there's some guy talking to him about his music, and apparently he went into like this Russia in 1991 when there was it was collapsing, you know, and and uh, and then but this was extremely risque at the time because you know they're so homophobic, they were so yeah. homophobic and almost dangerous and you know illegal to be gay in, in Russia. 
so um and they were huge there so yeah. they're kind of like they're like kind of like ahead of their time in that in that gay world yeah uh yes yeah, so we will have a comedy roast and then greg henriquez will come to do a course mm -hmm. on you talk uh which will be great um what else what is what else makes us makes our dick hard this next year andrew well we just keep going man and with a with a very hard dick you know we keep getting harder metaphorical dick yeah let's make new yeah. things um and the yeah. harder you are the softer you are at the same time it's like i don't know about your dick but that's not true for mine <laughs> Yeah, you get you have a hard dick, and then then you get a soft, you know, the other hard like dick, yin and soft yang. soul. I, I I know what you're saying. I know what you you're know saying. What, you yes. know what I mean. It's kind of cheesy what I said. I know. <laughs> no, oh yes, and Lehman Pascal will do like um uh, also like a course on silence. You know, uh, that is a course on meditation and a course on silence. So is he going to talk? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He will he will approach silence from different traditions and from different approaches. And and so the there there will always be like silent meditation, but he will also like teach some some approaches to silence, you know. So we wanted to do something small originally, but then it kind of became bigger and bigger. So <laughs> So uh, noisy silence and silence that's less silent than I'm being silly today, sorry. But, the uh, silence, but in any case, the silence within the silence, you know, there's yeah, a temple yeah. behind the temple. There's there's uh, the soul behind the soul. And there's a silence behind behind the silence, you know. Yeah, I, I once actually met a Zen teacher and he said, we don't practice the silence of silence. We practice silence and noise. Oh, really? Oh, that was pretty good. So what what did he mean with that? Well, you know, it's easy to sit in, you know, quietude. But but can you practice Zen in like, you know, you know, New York, you know, Manhattan or something, you know, in the noise, in the in the intensity, in the noise, in the um, that's much more challenging and interesting. It's like acting without acting. Mm. I'm, now I'm silly. Me <laughs> method <it>. acting, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, so but we're, it's like, huh? We're just being silly today. Is this really yes. a podcast? Yeah, sure. Okay. No, no, but we're talking about the things that we're planning to do in in 2000 in the next year, basically, which is basically yeah. in two weeks, which is crazy. Yeah, but uh, you haven't said anything about your dick yet, and I've been I've been sharing my 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 you know my happiness about my hard dick but i have heard nothing from you about that so no, no i was sharing my my dickish things you know all the things that we want to do and that we want to you know penetrate the world with you know and and inseminate the world with you know and all the things you're talking i'm talking about the metaphorical thing oh <laughs> i see you're talking about the metaphorical thing yes oh. I was talking about my actual dick. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was hoping that you would talk about your, you know, how big your dick is, your actual dick is getting. You know. Yes. So um, the metaphorical dick. Um, yes. No. So, but go to the website, go to the academy and the 20, 
2024 lineup and you see all the bullshit that we're doing which is uh don't which... call it bullshit it's not bullshit it's it's no it's, it's, no no don't denigrate don't denigrate what we're doing here well there was one i think there was fantastic. like when we did the podcast with luke luke Benke, there was like mm -hmm. one um one comment on the youtube video and referring to a thing that you said and you said oh no we're trying to sell a course here and so and so the guy was writing on youtube ah that was the best line of the of the podcast hey man we're trying to sell a course here yeah that's, uh -huh. that's all, it also happens yes yeah i know it's it's been really hilarious actually marketing to gurdjieff groups about this gurdjieff class that we're doing because I yeah. didn't realize that there were such, you know, raving fanatics, you know, and and <laughs> I didn't realize that there's so many Gurdjieff purists trolls out there, um, you know. Yeah, that's weird. And, I mean, that's uh, maybe the Luke really scene. has. That's he weird. does have the credentials, but there's all these people asking, "Oh, who's this guy? And what is he teaching? And why? What right does he have to actually teach about Gurdjieff? Oh, he's been doing the work for 25 years, and he studied with this and this. I have to, you know, tell them these things, but." but um but it's like a it's like a it's like a purity cult and i think gurdjieff himself said the people in the gurdjieff are you know stay away from them you know the people who really got the gurdjieff went out of the gurdjieff you know work group or or they leave at some at some point i mean it just i guess it's an amazing body of teaching that attracts all sorts of odd characters um but I love it. I'm 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 working on on Gurdjieff memes. Yes. What's interesting is that these people are so enamored with their ideas, you know. So you have you know these kind of obsessed, you know, people. You know the, the these people that you know think there's only one way to in interpret you know Gurdjieff or his teaching. And the same mm -hmm. is true as like for the thing with the meta crisis. I mean, it's like. Can you even think properly? They're like these people who insist that, you know, metamodernism and all this kind of shit is supposed to be, you know, uh, you know, rational. And then they then then they adhere to these kind of new age meta crisis kind of ideas. As if they were possessed or if it's like a mind virus or something, you know, and this is this is like the common theme that, you know, it's like independently on which subgroup or, you know, subsystem you look at. You know, every group is centered around a hallucination, like a like a like a weird attachment to a, to an idea that is taken as absolute. And it doesn't matter mm -hmm. if it's the Gurdjieffs or the Crowleyans or the Integrals or you know the the meta moderns. There's you know at the base of all of these things is an irrational belief, and that's you know that's that's the weird thing with all these kind of progressive enlightened. Uh, uh, developmental groups, you know that because it's a, you have to, you know, you you just have to read Popper in a kind of way that you that you under, that you have to understand that at the base of every theoretical model that you have is a a rational dogma. You yeah. know, so so you have either the dogma or you have infinite regress or you have whatever. It's like you at some point there's an irrationality there. And it's like, mm -hmm. and and you can't talk with people about that very irrational irrationality, you know, the kind of weird dogmatic belief that has nothing to do with argument or 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 you know depth. And and so that's the same. The same is true for the people with the meta crisis, like with the Gurdjieffs. Yeah. 
Crowley well, and so mm. What is it? Why is it? Why is it? Is it that people need some sort of superstructure to feel safe, and so it could be an intellectual superstructure, or and they also need uh, like it's just about it's just feeling that you you understand uh, something like and that you're part of something that understands something, and you're the guys that understand something. Whereas we're, what we really have a hard time with is 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 this kind of we we don't know what's going on and you know and that's kind of interesting. That's I mean, what I was just saying. And have you ever read Karl Popper? No, I've never read Karl Popper. So no. Karl Popper is you know in one of his books he's concerned with how do you find the ultimate uh, justification for a theoretical model, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just a theory, and so so how do you justify how do you find the ultimate justification and so what he found out that there are like two or three basic you know strategies how you can do that so either you, you you're in an infinite regress where one aspect of the theory justifies the next one the next one the next one and then you come to the first one and then you find your justification for the theory itself that's one way to go the other way to go is you you have a dogmatic belief a dogmatic belief that is at the core of the theoretical model that you have. So it's the true understanding of Gurdjieff, right? Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah So it's like the true way. There's no other interpretation possible because if you take out the true dogmatic belief, the whole interpretation of Gurdjieff crumbles. And so the same thing is with, with the Metacrisis. If you take that out, you know, the whole dogmatic kind of, you know, it just crumbles, but it's a dogmatic belief. And so what yeah. Popper identified that there are like two or three different strategies how you can justify justify a theory, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how about this? I, this is a quote from Gurdjieff. I'll read it to you. To awaken means to realize one's nothingness. That is to realize one's complete and absolute mechanicalness and one's complete and absolute helplessness. And it is not sufficient to realize it philosophically in words. It is necessary to realize it in clear, simple, and concrete facts in one's own facts. So, so I think that it's the, it's the fear of nothingness that causes people to cling to these mechanical theories of and mechanical philosophies, and you know, you know, and and sort of you know, uh, egregores and dogmas and whatever it happens to be, whatever the is the fashionable culture, culture war uh, position, you know um it's 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 the nothingness the no thingness it's like that fact that people always we want to concretize we want to make everything a thing you know that we want to concretize reality reify and concretize and 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 trumpet this this sort of pseudo version of reality and and that's and, and we get caught in our own theories you know i was thinking about this you create a theory let's say you create a theory like metamodernism and you adhere to it you end up having to defend that theory all the time. So you've created this structure that you have to continually defend against other structures. So there's no room for you to, you know, to, to actually, actually have an unknown or, or have a, um, you know, have an, a unique thought or an original sensation or whatever, because you're, you're, you're defending your, your theory, your superstructure, your, your, um, your position all the time. What's interesting about, you know, the quote that you had was that, you know, uh, 
there is and and you were talking about movies also there is like this momentum this idea this character you know played by Tyler Durden or the Joker in the in the last Batman movie you know with Christian Bale which is like you know played by played by Heath Ledger and you have this kind of thing uh, which they're pointing to namely the 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 urge to cling to some things you know and you have really have to learn to look into the abyss you know and let the abyss look back into you in a kind of way and you know you you know what at what stage of meditation people are when they still cling on things they are not able to just face the void you know face the you know the the unstructured chaotic space of cognition and living basically they have to cling onto something they're scheming they're like dogmatic and there has to be like you get what i'm saying it's just like people who still cling they, they can't have a very deep meditative re realization it's it's exclusive you know it's it's yeah but yeah, then, yeah. but the, so then they maybe we can, you know, Gertchev says also that you you can forgive people for having no soul, and you can forgive people who, you know, have a soul, but you can't forgive these people who are in between, right? Um, or or not that you can't forgive them, but they're the, the the most lamentable position is like, okay, these people are like that. That's the way it is. You know, it's just what can you do about it? Nothing. People are you know caught in the mechanicalness. But then there's then there's this in between state, which is the um, which is the really difficult state of being an embryo. Let's say you want um, to be in between. Well, no, he would say that Gertchev would say that it's lamentable because you're neither here nor there. It's it's a difficult place to be. It's the hard way, right? Um, to be an embryo of a soul, not a soul. And I think you know a lot of people. I think you know. I, I, a lot of us are like that. We're kind of like, we're not, we're not completely, we haven't completely bought into the, the, the society, but on the other hand, we, we, we're not fully free either. So we're caught in this lamentable in between. So that, that, that when we know that, that then we have to work. Then, then it's why, that's why Gertrude insisted so much on the work. Cause we have to really work against our mechanicalness. Like we have to, we have to really struggle with it, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. I mean, the issue is that the moment you you start to believe, you know, you're you're caught in a web of lies, and then and that and that's that's the issue. I mean, you know, the 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 whole. I was thinking about this, you know, the whole intention of, you know, let's say the metamodern meta community to, to, you know, be accessible for the academia. I think that's, that's so funny to me, you know, like, so there's this discourse at the moment that Integral never entered the academic discourse and you have to, you have to distance yourself from Wilbur in order mm, yeah, for no. metamodernism, you know, to, to be approachable and accessible by academia. And I was like, have you ever talked to people in Berlin and the actual academia? They laugh about all of this because yeah. it's not even real philosophy, you know? So it's like, what are you talking about? The whole idea was to transcend the mechanicalness of, of academia and, and find other ways of knowing why would you limit yourself in intent and language to to an academic approach of people that find that basically hilarious what you're doing, you know, this whole kind of 
you know, progressive, post. post yeah, well, I, I don't know. Chogum Trippa once said, don't trust anybody with a PhD. And, and I kind of agree with that. Like, I, I think that acad academics these days are sort of like, you know, mental terrorists. They're like, you know, they're like Hamas or something. You know, they're they're just Judith Butler. They're just they're just caught in this in, in stupid, you know, game. They're not really serious, you know. I think Ken Wilber was serious, you know, and I think that's and I don't think he fits in academia, which is what is what is still wonderful about him that that he was willing to to, to not play that particular game because it's a racket. I mean, I knew that. I, I, in my first year of university, I, 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 I remember sitting in the library, reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and then getting up and walking out and saying, this whole fucking thing is a racket. The whole academic world, it's a racket. I, I don't think these people are wise at all. I think it's, it's, it's just a racket. And uh, there's the, but, but, but that means I have to step outside of it and do things outside of it. I, I might still have to get my degree and be here and, and do what I need to do for, for purely pragmatic reasons. But, but so if, 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 you know, if the, if the metamodernist dudes are, are trying to, are trying to please, uh, you know, Noam Chomsky or something like, like uh, they're not in the game that interests me in any, in any way. Nothing wrong with some of the things that, Noam Chomsky said. So here's a thought, Andrew. So I, I'm I'm still working with this book of of Wilbur, and so he he says something very interesting. And incidentally, I was thinking about this before, and I tried to communicate it like in in these kinds of meta modern forums. But so so the argument of Wilbur in in terms of religion is like this. So most of the religions are um, described and in a language that that, that is pre pre-modern in a kind of way because they came up in a, in, in a in a in an era when modernity and modern language you know modern scientific rational language didn't didn't appear yet and so they work lots of with 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 images and metaphors and stuff like that and so mm -hmm. what he says is that you know when you when you have something like any model like kind of with stages Right. What you have to do, you have to find languages that um, transmit the eternal truth of these languages according to the stages. So you need like you need like a, a modern approach to Christianity or Buddhism, whatever. You need a postmodern. Yeah, yeah. and, and so so you have to have different kind of uh, um, language approaches to to Christianity. And and so even if you don't adhere to you know, religion at all, and just take like a metamodern kind of approach to culture. Um, what you still have to do, or what you can't do, or let me phrase it differently. I think just to try to explain metamodernism in post, like in modern words, then you limit the scope of what metamodern metamodernity is is trying to achieve. And even if you would use like a postmodern kind of like Deleuze. Guattari kind of language, mm. like this wild poetic thing, uh, then you still would limit the possibilities of what metamodernism or integral whatever could achieve with the right approach. And what I'm and what um, Wilbur is kind of alluding to, and what I was always also kind of thinking, you need with metamodernism or metamodernity, you need a new kind of language, a new understanding of, you know, the 
you know the arbitrariness and the playfulness of it so you don't get attached to the to the uh, you know to the machine like mechanisms of of you know the the whole model you have to have a, like a playful element within speech and language itself to show what metamodernism actually can do or integral or whatnot just to do it like with a descriptive modernistic metamodernism is this and this and and so it, it, it's kind of disconnecting you get what i'm saying um well i think even the even the language of the, even the word metamodernism when you first hear that it's like okay bunch of nerds you know it's like it doesn't reach down very it doesn't reach down very deep does it i mean no well you need some even like hippies you can understand what hippies are about what are metamodernists that they must be nerds they're, they don't they don't have a body they just have a mind they're they're bodiless I, nerds. I'm, not, I'm not agreeing andrew yeah I, well i mean i mean like the thing even somebody who's kind of conservative and christian like like jonathan Paget, that's what he's doing he's just explaining in a rational modern way what you know what these symbols mean but the symbols but but he doesn't you don't need to do that you can just like it stacks all the way down to somebody who has who, who can because 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 it, it's it's feelable it's it's like I, I feel like Ken Wilbur didn't get the poetics very very much this is my only critic criticize of Ken Wilbur because I, I agree with a lot of the things he says but I don't I don't think he got the poetics right because he because poetics goes goes deeper than everything you know mythopoetics right. he didn't get the mythopoetics uh of of the the enterprise and that's what's lacking from his thing and that's why that's why he tends to attract you know nerds so again I I, I I'm I'm not on board with the kind of nerd thing because I mean you know what I'm what I'm I'm trying to say is that you know you can't imagine you know postmodern kind of philosophy without the, the wild uh experiments in language even in literature i mean like finnegan's wake from it's, that's, that's not nerds that's not nerdy that that no, was no beautiful. i'm not talking you are talking about nerds i'm not talking about nerds i'm talking about i'm talking about the the relationship between a philosophy or literature and language yeah. that's what i'm talking about so you have you have you know in literature you have these wild experiments in language like look at finnegan's wake that's like all the structures are gone and you try to do new things or look at oh, i'm all for that yeah but look but at look at let let me make the argument so you you have also like guatari and deleuze with you know thousand plateaus or Boudillard or all these wild experiments and so the descriptive mode of modernistic description was kind of broken you know um broken open and so they were like mm -hmm. and you can't think postmodern philosophy without this you know openness of language and so and i still think if you have to have you know an integral or metamodern philosophy you you should have a new a completely new way of using language more playful more you know but isn't hmm? go ahead i'll finish your more playful. No, more, i just more say play... i think i think I, i'm just saying that to have to use a modernistic descriptive approach to what integral or metamodernism is yeah that kind of works but it doesn't because it do it doesn't you know um you know it doesn't what's the word uh, account for the for the complexity and the playfulness and in a kind of way the arbitrariness of the whole metamodern project that's what i mm -hmm. want to say 
It has nothing yeah. to do with people. It's just the way we use language. Yeah, I mean, but those 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 artists that you, you mentioned were kind of in the high modernist camp, not so much in like well, yeah, I mean I no, I, I think I think innovation and experiment is most radical when it's sourced. Uh not when it's just arbitrary. That's maybe that's the maybe that's what I'm kind of maybe that's the disagreement we have here. But Deleuze and Baudelaire were not high modernity, they were postmodernists. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, well, sure. Well, you know, and they, they definitely had something to say, but even they, they they even they had they did have a powerful rhetoric and they had they were incredible philosophers. I don't see that I don't see that I don't see that happening in the metamodernist movement. I, I, I see that as I, I don't see anything like it's supposed to be new, but it's supposed to be avant-garde. It's supposed to be new. It's supposed to be radical, but I don't see anything new. I mean, because avant-garde is dead. There is no avant-garde anymore because it's been done. You, you can you can only com continue to subvert narratives and the, or make them sincere or you know oscillate between. The, you know you can't you can keep doing that for for infinity, but but it's not a big. It's not this great big movement. I, it doesn't doesn't have the, the power in it. I, me, I also anyway. don't. I don't. I don't really agree because if you look at the stuff that Vermeulen and Wenderecker did, you know, in the beginning, you know, of the arts, that 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 is powerful stuff. That has nothing Ooh. to do with an integral exactly. So the people who came up with a uh, with a meta modern kind of idea. So that has nothing to do with integral. Has nothing. That's just an, a theory about art, basically, and cultural trends. And so mm. that that's that's powerful, great stuff. It's new stuff that all, all you know. It's like without that, you know, the the meta modern community wouldn't be what it is. But and who's so, talking about it? Well, I'm. There's no huge like, discussion like, about this. Yeah, but they're all nerds. No, they're not. <laughs> okay like 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 in the in the culture where is this you know where is it it's it's a bunch of nerves it's not in the culture it doesn't affect the culture i don't see it affecting culture i don't think it, i don't you think have it, like I, a I, whole metamodern approach that has nothing to do with hansi or whatever that you know like try to understand what metamodern cinema is you know just from the Wenderecker and and vermoyen approach you know, so or like like different trends and culture that have no developmental scaling in that kind of sense, but you know there there is a discourse outside. So what, what is what is meta modern cinema, and who's heard of that? So like for example, everything, everywhere, all at once. That movie is considered widely considered like a meta modern movie. Because it, you know, because it oscillates between this different postmodern and modern modes and tries to find different ways to, to structure story, you know, and you see that it's not the classical, I mean, you were talking about, you know, Terminator 2, it's like, that's not what happens, there's a different way, the cinema is evolving, you know, you have the classical way, you know, the, the hero's journey, you know, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, then you have like the more postmodern kind of movies that are like way more concerned with interiority and stuff, you know, and, 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 and then you have, you know, new kind of literature and architecture and, and, and movies emergent that neither fit the modern nor the postmodern kind of paradigm. And so, and, and there were like cultural scientists outside of our liminal web that are kind of noticing trends that are not applicable to 
you know, that are not applicable to, to modernism or postmodernism. And so they invented this term metamodernism, not because it's higher, but because like, because of metaxy, it's like in between, you know, it's not higher, like meta in higher, it's like met metaxy in between the postmodern and the modern. And there's a new tension where, and that that's a new, that's culturally a new thing that emerged. Oh, but perhaps I guess I'll take your your word for it, but I, I just don't see it. I I don't I can't find it anywhere. It's nothing I can, uh, you know, I can grasp or or understand. So perhaps it's my own ignorance then that is that is is the problem here, for of me not grasping metamodernism. Could could very well be that that you know in twenty years we'll look back and was like, oh, that was modern, amazing modern metamodernist cinema. Um, but I just, I, I, I get a lot of noise, uh, you know, I get a lot of noise and I wonder where the signal is. So That's for example, I, I, give you, I give you an example. So Vander Ecker and Vermoen, they say that Trump is a metamodern phenomenon because he's not the classical pol politician. He's not the, 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 the usual entertainer. He's something weird in between. He lies, he treats his lies as truth and those truths as lies. It's like a weird space. You know, so it's it's it has nothing to do really with with cognitive development. It's it's a cultural trend that you know that that the, the lines between entertainment and politics and and lying and truth and performance, you know, all of these kinds of things get blurred. And so he is like in in their mind, you know, the first the first public persona who really embodies these kind of new. It's like. Nobody knows if that what he says about himself is true or, you know, the things that he, he gets riled up are true or if it's, you know, a performative lie, which makes it kind of true. It's, it's a so metamodernism is just completely, uh, you know, slippery, um, indefinable in between all of those things. What is, I don't, you know, like, like, oh, oh so, so he's, or is he just, or is he just a, a psychopathic you know, somewhat, or is he just a good, is he just a TV reality star or is that, is, is metamodernism TV reality? Is that what it is? Or is it, no, but, but is, it, just, the, is it breaking the boundaries of, of what is um, performative and what is sincere and, but I give you an example. Was, hasn't that already been explored in, in postmodernism? You know, you isn't that post-truth, postmodernism, etc. I'm just, I'm not getting it, Tom. Oh, so I'm so I'm telling you. So you can approach Trump as a modernist, right? He's a businessman who became a politician. That would be like the classical modern approach to Trump, right? If you had like a a modernistic mindset. So if you have like a postmodern mindset, you would say, well, well, maybe he's a psychopath. You just said it. You know, he is like he's a wild, egomanical psychopath. So you psychologize him. And you, you attribute all these kind of postmodern interiorities into him. But then what happens with, 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 mm -hmm. with metamodern is like, okay, so let's look at it. What is actually happening? So the lines between truth and, and falseness kind of get blurred. You know, the, the earnestness and the irony, the sincerity and the irony. Is that, is that really uh, sincere what he says or is he being completely ironic? You know, is he, is he playing the system? Is, the, is that what he does a performance and to which extent is the performance um, meant as an earnest act of political engagement and so all these different categories but is is it is he oscillating between the two or is it just this 
is it this is this is this this oscillation that you're talking about exactly um, metamodernism that, that's what matter modernism is being able to oscillate between traditionalism and then and then becoming kind of a performative postmodernist and i mean i get that so it's that's um, what, what metaxy means it means in between metaxy yeah, and yeah. so the term and so you find it everywhere you know you find it mm -hmm. in in, in literature, you find it in movies, you find it like, and so these cultural theorists were looking at, I mean, I'm giving a, a just a, you know, very silly and condensed kind of version, but, you know, these kind of cultural theorists were looking at cultural trends that were kind of not really identifiable as postmodern anymore. And so, mm -hmm. so what Hansi and, and, and Daniel, what they did was in a way to take these kinds of trends and and add like a Wilberian kind of developmental scale to that and in a political scale. And so that's the liminal web we engage. But there's a whole discourse uh, happening outside the liminal web about what's happening in the culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then my question is, who's the Gurdjieff of, of the metamodernist movement? Where is he? You know, where's somebody with that kind of, you know, uh, integrity and, and power and, and... Well, you're looking uh, at him. I'm joking. Oh. Um. <laughs> where is he? I don't see him. I see a bunch of guys kind of making stuff up. But I don't it's see Gurdjieff. No, you know what? I, 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 and I don't see like the great artists just... either at all, you know, but... Well, I wouldn't agree because, like everything, everywhere, all at once, is a great movie. You know, okay, but I've never heard of it. And where's Martin Scorsese? And you know, it's a classic. You know. Martin Scorsese is a classical modern filmmaker. You know, yeah. there's no, there's no double layer there. It's just presented as what it is. There's actual tragedy, uh, you know. But that's what I like. I don't. I can't find it. Maybe it's that it's just an aesthetic taste. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I don't find the the I don't find a taste or a value or a power in what is being produced and what is being called metamodernist art. I don't I don't I don't like when we were at in 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 Kiev. I remember there was this band that was supposed to be metamodernist. There was this guy dressed as a banana, doing weird things on a you know on a synthesizer and and uh, and it was supposed to be avant garde. It's like okay, avant garde, it's done. The Dadis, okay, they were avant-garde, you know, <laughs> you know, but but um, so so anyway, I, I'm waiting to be convinced that, that this, you know, and and also, um, for me, I think you got to get, I think we have to, like, as T.S. Eliot said, you have to go back to go, to go forward, like, like, you have to, we have to, we have to be sourced in something that, again, that's what I that's my constant argument. So, there are two things, two things, because I also like you know this kind of adjacent philosophy of performatism by Eshelman, which is also like kind of mm -hmm. post postmodern. And so, he is not concerned about you know developmental scales at all. What he looks is also like cultural trends. And what he says, he looks, for example, at architecture, right? And he says, what happens after postmodernity with performatism that they're like buildings constructed that are like reaching in the sky and reaching mm -hmm. in the sky and like kind of rediscover beauty and the sacred and that you and that is an element that you find in all these kinds of cultural artifacts like a like a rediscovery of beauty and sake and the sacred and you find it in the hamburger 
Philharmonia, the, the the opera and the the Elbharmonia. You find it in in lots of different mm. buildings that there is like a new new uh, sincerity and a playfulness in 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 approaching the the beauty and the sacredness. And you find it also in literature. And you find you know this whole completely. It's it's like a step. Uh, after you know the deconstruction of postmodern and you know this kind of nihilism it's it's like a step into into beauty and it's it's a step into meaning and it's a step into the into the sacred and you find it in different new cultural artifacts and 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 so what he says and and this is also mm. kind of always resonating with me because he also tries to incorporate postmodernity and and what he says the performatist move is and in terms of truth, let's say, that we act as if there is truth, although we know from postmodern recognition that there can't be truth, but we act out truth anyhow. And by that very act, we make it. Why can't there be truth? I mean, because postmodernity deconstructed truth. Yeah, but they, but they they deconstructed truth through a performative contradiction by saying there's no absolute truth, which is which is an absolute you know statement of truth, and you know yeah, Ken Wilber cover, covers that. So failed, yes. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's this is the performative con contradiction. So so well, uh, not entirely true, but okay. Mm -hmm. It's not entirely true. Oh, explain to me. No, I mean that's that that what Wilbur says. But the point that there is a point to postmodern philosophy, you know, like the deconstruction of power and structures and truth structures, and the idea that you know what is considered as truth is dependent on who has the power, and so you have to deconstruct all these kind of things, and then mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so what is truth? It's like. Uh, 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 it's like whose perspective are we talking about, and like what what scientific. Uh, uh, method are you using? What like what what is truth like as a concept? And, and postmodernity did a great deal to to look oh, at yeah. you know the the production process of truth and and discover that it's like it's fairly ab, uh, you know arbitrary how we discover truth. And so that left a whole cultural you know generations like oh no now we have nothing. And yeah. out of that nothingness, you know this postmodern this metamodern or performatist claims like okay so so we have now this kind of arbitrary relationship to, to now let's let's make something beautiful out of it yeah like like kind of the zen thing right you know first there's there's the rivers and mountains and then there's no rivers and mountains which is like the postmodern epic and then there's rivers and mountains again it's kind of a a return but it's also not a return to something that was already there it's it's a new expression or it's it's a enlivenment of those primordial things yeah yeah that that you know that's okay that makes sense to me i mean i guess yeah. it's just a word post you know metamodernism meta it's just a word that i don't aesthetically you know appreciate that much yeah it's just a word um so so it's fine if, if that's what it's describing okay that's okay i'm, I'm okay with that yeah and uh, and maybe maybe I will be maybe maybe I'll be seduced by metamodernist you know art at some point, but it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't need to be. But I mean, the the other thing that you mentioned, like where are 
you know, the gurus, the, the, the shamans. And I think that's where, you know, the whole philosophy of, of Bard basically comes in because I think when, when the, this kind of post, postmodern, metamodern, integral age really unfolds and expands on itself, it's like then, then a whole slew of, like a new caste will appear, the new shamanic caste, which will be, you know, able to work more fluently with data streams and and knowledge and knowledge systems and and will be more fluent in in you know playing with all these different games without being too attached to like what we were talking in the beginning it's like those those shamans will not uh, uh rest on dogma you know but but are just like fluent players of you know the the unfolding internet knowledge age and this right. is like and this is where the new gordievs will appear they yeah. haven't just appeared yet well so the objection is is to is to the dogma of metamodernism i guess right exactly not, maybe there's some interesting trends that are being described as metamodernism that are perfectly authentic but but when it becomes dogma it's just not credible it doesn't like okay ken wilbert invented this integral you know thing right and right. It, it has its flaws obviously but he was obviously an individual who had some you know profound spiritual understanding so that's why it's still credible so i'm asking like where are the guys in, who who found where are the founding metamodernist guys who have that kind of depth of a Ken Wilber, uh, you know, or if we go back to, you know, of a, a, a great, I, cause I always put, I always, I always situated or even Alistair Crowley or I always, or, 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 or Chogum Trumpa or, you know, Basho or, you know, whoever the great, you know, Zen people were that re reformed Zen in Japan and, in, in, or, 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 so, so I always think that the real innovation comes from these great sort of religious figures, not from secular figures. I mean, that's secular figures tend to make mostly noise usually. And then sometimes some things, things they say are good, but, but even the, the, the great artists usually are, are, you know, informed by, by deeper religious principles. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. you know just like you know like the great greatest song right like in my like i like to write songs and play songs and i like songs and i i'm fond of leonard cohen and he's completely biblical right and he's completely modern at the same time he's totally biblical and totally modern so is that metamodernism because it's modern but it's also ancient uh bob dylan's the same he was he's completely he, he he writes biblical prose basically you know and puts them to little songs and and uh and uh you know so he's he's using ancient scripts ancient poet resonating ancient poet like and then he's he's bringing that and and yet when he came out what he was doing was radical avant-garde nobody had done it ever before but it was sourced in something deep that's what that's all i longing for and, and and lacking in in the sense of feeling that lack of that in the sense in the in the, the the post in the metamodernist movements i think the uh, the signifier is you know lack of dogma and mm. so and so because like if you if you approach you know christianity or anything with a dogma 
then you can't be then you can't be meta modern so if you sense there is some some dogma somewhere in there even in meta modernism so you have to you have to you have to approach that because dogma is you know you have to have you know the co cognitive complexity to be be more playful and to you know it, identify these dogmas and to to um, os oscillate fully and that's the point as soon as you have dogma you can't oscillate Right, and so um, I think that's that's the that's the that's the signifier, you know, a lack of dogma that um, indicates. Where's the lack that... of dogma? That's again, like huh? these guys are so dogmatic about their metamodernism, and, as, and just like you know, just like you know, in COVID, that's not true. Said, it's not true. Follow the science. Follow it's the not science. True, the Andrew. science, as if there was one no, science it's not and true. millions of different kinds of. So sciences. Brenton, Brenton Dempsey, he says one smart thing, and that harks back also to that what what Eshelman says. So we know we we act as if we know that you know metamodernism is a social construct and therefore arbitrary but we act out as if it's true it's the same thing so it's very fluent you know so they know it's a it's it's a social construct but it's it's oscillating and so and so and so there's no dogma in there because they would they they would not say oh this is metamodernism so it's 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 way more fluent but they do well, anyway <laughs> it doesn't work like where's the, where's where's the you know act, I'm acting like I'm a meta modernist but I don't believe in meta modernism really or, or what what is it like what does that mean isn't you know it doesn't it just there's no like gravity in that it's like lacking a gravity no lacking gravity like no, quite quite the opposite opposite there is a new uh, uh, movement towards beauty and the sacred you know that's what it is. Well, that would be good if I if if I if it was the case. You know, no, it is I, the I case. guess you, you can convince you can. Well, when I see that that's the case, then I'll be convinced. But I don't see a new movement towards truth and beauty. You know, particularly. I see a, a lot of. Yeah, well, go to know. Hamburg to the Elbph uh, Philharmonie, and then you mm -hmm. see what I mean. It's like this mm -hmm. when you stand before that that opera house. It's like it's 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 something that is you know it reaches towards towards the sky and towards transcendence and that's like a visceral like a visceral experience that is not deconstructed. Why is that new? Because like it's cathedrals... not postmodernism and it's not modernism. Like from the architectural viewpoint, it's something else. And you have mm -hmm. to experience it to see. Oh no, there's something else happening. Here. But did the architect say like this is meta modernist that I'm doing, or was no, he just because doing like the sacred? no, because these artists don't concern where they where they are in history. That philosophers do. They look at trends in society. They don't look at. It's like a doctor doesn't look at himself. It's like oh no, I'm this. No, he just fixes the bones mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. you have the philosophers who look at different artifacts and culture and say oh no here's something else happening right and a label yes but it's also more you know it's like we need, is we need to talk about the categories you know so what is happening what are the cultural trends you know there is a huge cultural movement you know a way that you know i think cadell would say the negation of negation you know the the, mm -hmm. the 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 you know this the, the disenchantment of the negativity of 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 postmodernism and and to try to fi find something positive and something well, new and this hmm? 
I mean, I just don't I, I see it that way. I think it, we always go between the negative and the positive, and that's happening all the time. You have hippie music, which is colorful and psychedelic and positive and full of, you know, truth, this idea of transcend. And then you have, have dark metal comes along to say, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, and it just goes back and forth between plus and minus, between negative and positive, And that's always going on. That, that, that's just always going on. Uh, like what I'm objecting to is, oh, here's this new thing that, that but well well okay when it when when i see the the cultural proof the proof is in the pudding then i'll say okay that's a new thing oh maybe there's some a fi one film and, and one cathedral which expresses this okay. and and maybe i'm wrong I, and maybe there is this whole huge you know positive movement going on um but i but i, I i'm just I, I i'm hesitant to to buy into it like, I don't want to take the Kool-Aid. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know. No, you don't have to. I'm just saying there, like, from my point of view, there are eternal truths uh, that are encoded in, you know, philosophies and wisdom traditions, you know, in the, yeah. in the broadest possible sense, you know, that, that says something about the human condition itself. Right. And so we, we still read the meditations of Mark Aurel and we find some even after 2000 years or whatever, it's a, whatever it is, we find some beauty and some wisdom in it. And so I would never debate that, you know, or Buddha or whatever, you know. Um, but on the other side, you know, there, there, there is a, a cultural evolution happening, not just in forms of technology, but, you know, in forms of memes and in forms of understanding and of co cognitive complexity and all of this. And so it's like, yeah, there were a time that was, you know, pre-modern pre you know then there was the scientific revolution and humanism and secularism and all of this and then came the deconstruction of that right mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, and now you know we are in the in the very first you know in a breath of this baby that has appeared where we where we try to rediscover kind of beauty and sacred and the truth and so and 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 we mostly go awry and wrong about about all of this and what we can do is to point of all dogmas that don't work but you know yeah. at least from my point of view there's definitely something happening that is not just modernism or postmodernism it's somewhere in between it's weird and so we we're trying to get this time between worlds that is what zach stein is always telling yeah yeah you, well i get know? the time between worlds but what about what about i mean let's like what about this notion of dogma can we even live without dogmas like principles <laughs> guiding principles of you know what we what we think about we should reality we could live completely without you know guiding principles i think guiding principles is something else than a dogma well, dogma is a belief or of some, you know, you, you accept the belief and then you don't really understand it, but you, I mean, you don't fully understand it and you, you, you realize your own weakness um, to, towards it. And, and so there is a positive aspect to dogma is what I'm saying. And, and throwing that out feels more postmodern to me than, than, than anything yeah, anything no, new. Yeah, yeah i don't know i think like, I, like I an understanding of what a dogma is mm -hmm. like for example like the crowleyites their dogma is will you know the, the, a bunch of crowleyites they have a kind of a dogma and then the buddhists their dogma is compassion and then and wisdom and then the other people have a dogma of the metamodernists have a dogma of oscillation and <laughs> Yeah, and the Gurdjieffs so, have a dogma about the hard way. And the Gurdjieffs so, have a dogma so what's the about, way out there? about work. That's the and, question. And, mm -hmm. and um, so, so maybe, we, maybe we do need to have dogmas to a certain extent because they provide us commitments of 
different paths that we can go on. And so, okay, I, I'll accept the, this dogma, even though I know it's not an absolute truth. It's kind of like, like what you're saying about performative, like performativism, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll carry this dogma and I'll, I'll, you know, or, or like what Jordan Peterson was saying about believing God, I, like, I, I want, you know, I act as if he, he's, he's real or, you know, in a sense, um, we don't know. And that's, that's primordial. Like we don't know things. And, and, and yet we, we need, we need to have certain guiding, guiding principles. Is that, yeah, a, but am, I, am I, did yes. I just express a metamodernist position? Yes, but I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I would be careful about language because I think dogma is something that you don't question at all. And, you know, a guiding mm. principle is something that you need and th that what you can change. And I think it's like as soon as any group, you know, Gurdjieff's, Crowley's, integral metamodern, if there's a dogma, you have to attack it, you know, rigorously. But they mm -hmm. still need guiding principles, right? And mm -hmm. so, okay. so, so, because guiding principles are way more fluid, but a dogma is not fluid. If you okay. say there's a meta crisis, then it's a dogma. There is no meta crisis. You can, right? So mm -hmm. there is no, if, if you say there's only one interpretation to the hard way, to the fourth way of good, then it's a dogma. You have to be more playful about these kind of things if you want to be like meta modern or integral or whatnot. But then being playful is just like I, that's the thing. I think this is another. It could be another way out. You don't want to fully engage yourself in the dogma and and act according to this rule. You know, like there's rules and you act according to that rule, even though you know it might seem arbitrary to you. It's an act of faith, and that's what you do in all religions, right? But if you just feel like you can make it all up as you go along and question everything and turn everything inside out and be playful with whatever you want. Well, I'm not talking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, that, well, that's, that's what I feel is the problem, right, with, with the culture is it doesn't want to accept any dogmas. So it, it makes up its own sort of religion like metamodernism. Again, I would differentiate between a dogma and a guiding principle. Okay. Because if you take the dogma of the Christians, then you still do genital mutilation. That's what it is. You have to question those things. Because it stands in the Bible, right? Or in the Quran. You have to, it's like, that's a, that's a dogma. You can't take that dogma for granted. Yeah, if you're a Jew, you have to, so, you get circumcised. Yes. And you follow a bunch of rules. Yeah, that's bullshit. So, yeah, you want to, well, okay, well, maybe that's where we disagree, because I think you need to you have, you, you need to have a, a culture of, uh, and, and, and of principles and, and rules and behaviors. And oh, you do. Other, but otherwise, you otherwise, you, you, you're in the problem we're in right now, which is, which is that everybody's trying to make it up and nobody knows what they're doing. Yes, but what do you do with a dogma like circumcision? What do you do with it? Well, if you're a Jew, yeah, you, you, you enforce it or what? Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 complex. That's I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but um, women as slaves and, I, and, and all and of those I, that's, things that are in the Bible, you know? Oh no, no. There's the interpretation, right? No, it stands there. It's a dogma. What? Like you call it mutilation, but you know, the other people would call it cleanliness. There's all kinds of argument around, around circumcision, but, and I don't know what the, I don't know the, the ins and outs of that. I know that Germany just declared that, you know, it's because anyway, hmm. 
I know what you're saying. I know, you know, there, there's a, there are rules and rules are different than guiding principles and guiding principles are something else than a dogma. That's what I mean. Yeah. If you, so yeah. if you have, and so it's, it's like different layers of, of attributes of systems. So if, if I engage, let's say with a Crowleyite about the mm -hmm. true interpretation the true will or whatever they, 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 they no no the yeah. true interpretation of the of the mm -hmm. teachings of crowley then there is somewhere in, a dogma in there you know yeah. that doesn't mean you know or, or same as so and you have if you want to be meta modern you have to be more fluid with dogmas that doesn't mean that you don't apply to certain rules dogmas and rules are completely different things you know and you need guiding principles also but i think a dogma you know like as it is understood like generally like a dogma you have to you have to attack every dogma rigidly because if we go back to if we go back to to popper it's like what is the ultimate justification for a system is it infinite regress or is it dogma like how do you construct your worldview and and if you look hard enough you find certain dogmas you know the dogma of you know Okay, so let me give you an example. So there is this book out now about civilizations from Wengrow and the other guy. I forgot about it. And so mm -hmm. he 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 says, no, it's not that, you know, we just discovered democracy. You know, all the ancient cultures were demo way more democratic. Right, right, yeah. The, human, the, as, the Eskimos are extremely democratic. They so, make and, and so this whole, and this whole like, and, developmental yeah. mm -hmm. line that democracy yeah. and humanism appeared like 250 years ago, which is a dogma. No, yeah. it didn't happen. That's a dogma. And yeah. so you have to attack that. Oh, right? agreed. Because, you know, 200% agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. So yeah, And yeah. so you have to find these irrational beliefs, Yeah. right, about about your worldview. And then but I have, have irrational beliefs that I'm okay with, you know, that huh? might be considered dogma. I'm not going to talk about them, but I have kind of irrational. We all have irrational oh, wait, beliefs. Yeah, sure. So, sure. you, know, you know, in my, my own tradition, you know, we have like all these, you know, deities and things like that. And, and uh, I can't prove them to anybody. <laughs> so I guess I there's a dogmatic way in which I adhere to the system that it, that it without without having any just because of faith, because not having any reason, reason, you know, I don't have any evidence like in the scientific sense for 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 whatever beliefs I have. But. But I think we need those as well. I'm, I, you know, I, I agree with you that we need to attack unthinking. Let's say, like, but I mean, in the Catholic Church, for example, there's dogmas, and they consider that very po po positive. You follow the dogmas of the Church, so you can live based on the dogma. It's not a negative word in the Catholic situation, um, and we know the damage of that and the, you know, the, the bad aspect of that. But on the other hand. If I if I go and sit with my coworkers, you know, and and we're having a conversation about any political aspect, you know that there's dogmas going on, and if you go against that particular dogma, which has nothing to do with any religious, you know, prescription at all, it's just it's just it's just the the, the good opinion of the of the culture in that moment, like okay, Israel is you know versus Hamas and you know you, you, I just have to sit and listen to people and give their opinions about that and everybody nods their heads because that's the dogma of, of the day that's an unconscious dogma whereas right. taking on a particular religious dogma consciously might be a step up <laughs> from that kind of unconscious dogma even though you know ultimately you know dogmas are untrue
Yeah, that's the issue when you use one word for different circumstances. I completely. I guess agree it's equivocation. You. Yeah, it, it's like I completely agree in in theory what you're saying, but I I think you know, uh, I just think it's like if. You know, you you can play the role as an asshole and question you know, the dogmas of your you know conversation partners all the time, but you you don't get very far in terms of you know building a, a social cycle of friendship if you always do that, right? Um, but if you enter like a cultural philosophical discourse about what metamodernism is or Gurdjieff, at some point you have to point out, okay, it's like no, your your model and world you have, you know is structured around the dogma. You know, and that is the scientific process in a kind of way. And that's why it's still called metamodernism or postmodernism, because the, the momentum of inquiry is still in there. Well, yeah, I guess if there's a momentum of inquiry, then something's going on. Right. So, so if something's going on, at least something's going on. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, I'm just questioning my own it's almost a personality thing my own disagreeable you know disagreeableness with fashionable heuristics i i don't i i immediately say no because not because they're wrong but because i want to dissolve any concretate concretization of them you know or any reification of them and 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 and, and aim towards or be able to experiencing something more poetic than that because it becomes a cliche right away it becomes it becomes a truism it becomes like something people just use and they take out of their conceptual um toolbox and they just throw at you and exactly but that's exactly the point because you know as so as long as you or as soon as you engage with the world you have to choose any or like a like a frame of reference and for you it might be like wisdom traditions right now but from or whatever you might call it and you might be hesitant to to take the kool-aid from metamodernism but it's like from the other way it's just like no yeah. we we're always getting attached to to something to concepts. yeah yeah to yeah, concepts yeah. Well, and it's like you know and so it's like just i, I think that what the metamodern idea is or just or to say completely different what i think it's just like like how have a healthy distance to your own world frame right it's like okay i'm i'm at the moment i'm engaged in metamodernism but it's like yeah that's like just one thing i could be like easily switch that to systems theory or wisdom theory i'm not particularly you know adherent i'm not a believer in in any of my own uh, um, conceptions in a kind of way mm -hmm. and representations it's just like yeah it's just, just what I'm doing and engaging and doing at the moment but but I'm what I'm trying to do is like be very critical about the my my internal dogmas that t want to tell me that metamodernism is true or that systems theory is true or complexity theory or wisdom it's like I always have like this tiny little you know, troll within me that says, mm -hmm. oh, no, don't get too attached to to what you're thinking, yeah. you know, and how you're constructing the world. And so I'm trying to be way yeah, more fluid, fluid about this, you know, and just like, and and to, to see, and this is also like a kind of, you know, Greek ideal, like check out is like it's it's a quote like like test everything and uh, and take the best and leave the rest, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like and you find wisdom in everything. Why would I attach myself to 
meta or integral of wisdom like every you take everything. but i do attach myself to a particular tradition and, and yeah uh, maybe you should you know, question that mm. but no you can't because otherwise can. i wouldn't Obviously, be able to do it everything. i'd just be wasting my time questioning it you know i, I just do that's it that's not what that's not what i mean what's the point in questioning it if you, once I you've mean, accepted it once you've you know once you've you know uh, so so you know zochen is is absolutely fantastic i think it's the remedy to 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 all this and and you know but because uh, it's just because from a if you honor postmodern philosophy you have to agree that it's just a social construct and made up rules about engagement of the world but i don't honor postmodern philosophy because i think this well, is so much to. more 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 i don't have to yeah like why should i bow down to that golden calf that you're you're, you're proposing for me and uh, ordering me to, to bow down towards it no, i can see oh okay there's some few good things that, that no, were what said I, mean, and, I, I meant something else i i wasn't expressing myself properly what i what i meant is so so uh, it's like our mind it's kind of like a baby right and you mentioned mm -hmm. that before and so you have like this innocent kind of outset of the mind yeah. you know the embryo and then you have like different world frames and i think mm -hmm. Sloterdijk would call bubbles and spheres and so you yeah. can partake in these bubbles and spheres and let's 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 label them that's the metamodern bubble and that's the integral bubble and then you have you know then you have like the postmodern spheres and bubble the mod modern and then you have the, you know the 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 bubbles of wisdom traditions and whatnot mm -hmm. to the to the embryonic mind they're just you can participate but you can just switch out you can go in you can go out you don't necessarily you don't need to have a, a dogmatic attachment to one of those bubbles to to find your identification because your mind is like a baby like an embryo you can partake uh, on the wisdom traditions and that's fine but you can go easily out and go into systems theory and well, go well tom this. Hmm? i'm a fundamentalist okay so basically you know yeah. but yeah. but on the other hand within that particular tradition is is it, it contains all of the is empty right uh, emptiness you know is so 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 i i'm a full-on dogmatic absolutely full-on dogmatic vajrana buddhist you know um but but i know that they're empty right and i know that the the, the nature of reality is as you say Ratzel, what what do they call it in is is rigpa which is this fundamental playfulness that it isn't it isn't ever that these are just what we call a skillful means uh you know these are just these are skillful means upaya they're not ultimately true um so so i say yeah be full-on fundamentalist you know radical radical dog radically dogmatic dogmatic fundamentalist okay uh in whatever you're participating in even though you know that that that, that it's empty how's that that's in other words what I was just saying. I, I, I'm not, you know, my frame is not a religious one as yours, but the essence of what you said is what I mean. It's just uh -huh. you can partake and when you partake and take it for granted and be honest about that, but then switch out. And by whichever mm -hmm. means, you know, by means of meditation or by whatever cognitive acrobatics and yoga or drugs, but don't get too attached because it's empty. There's just emptiness and then there's the embryonic empty mind. You know, and so that's what I mean. And you can play mm -hmm. with all these kind of spheres and bubbles. And I mean, you're a podcaster. You know this because, like, you you 
you when you have a podcast guest you enter his sphere and then you you know and and then you find the language and the codes that the other one person is having and that makes you a good podcaster right mm -hmm. and so yeah. but but it's like but you know that 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 it's ultimately empty you know and and that's just all that i'm saying don't get don't become like an islamist fundamentalist you know and so i would just yeah, but i'm saying like if, if i was a real modern metamodernist i would have to integrate the islamic fundamentalist aspect of my nature which is this kind of absolutism you know as well the jihad no, you know i don't think so that you don't have i don't think that you have to no, Isn't I think that what, what I... you just no, I just think in a way you kind of expressed a meta modern way, but you said you are a fundamentalist in a kind of way I completely agree because, like, the Islam fundamentalist or Christian fundamentalist slaughters people. Yeah, you don't do that, so you're not, you don't, you don't do that. There's an absolute, right? There's like, no, you don't no, no, do no that. you don't do that. You, yeah, Andrew, do that. you don't go with a machete through Paris and slaughter people. That's not what you're doing. So you're not a fundamentalist in a classical sense. Mm, because you just yeah. said you're a fundamentalist. I don't think you are. I think you wake up in the morning, you know, taking a machete in your hand and think, oh, no, let's slaughter some people. That's not what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm adhering to the fundaments of the thing and, you know, fully, you know, as, as best I can. I mean, and I'm saying I accept those. I, I don't. I don't say oh, I'm just going to oscillate. Today I'll be a, a Buddhist. Tomorrow I'll be a, you know, I'll be a, I'll be a, a theorist. And, you know, of this and that. And I'll, you know, I'll join this. I'll make a bit of a bit of Hinduism here, a bit of metamodernism here, a bit of Tai Chi here. No, but you do like, exactly that. You you what? combine the things. You switch around. You oscillate. <laughs> you, know, you know you want to engage while no, knowing I can't. this is this is empty. That's what you said. So no, I can't participate in two religions at the same time. I can't be a, you know, I can't be a Sufi and a Buddhist. I can't be a Sufi and a Buddhist and an atheist. And uh, and uh, at the same time, I can't do all those things at the same time. I can only do one of those things. That's Everybody the, can only do one thing at a time. But you're like, when you do like an interview with a Sufi, which you have done, by the way, then you're code switching. And and yeah. you can that makes you a good podcaster because you understand the eternal truth in the Su Sufism. So and then you're code Fair switching. Enough, then yeah. you enter in different bubble. That's all that I'm saying. That doesn't mean that you become a, a practicing Sufi, but I mean it's just I'm talking about the attachment to to this kind of world frames. And there you are way more fluid than than uh, you know an Islam fundamentalist that takes a machete to kill because you have insulted Allah. Yeah, You're way yeah. more fluid about this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just saying that my point here is that being fluid has its own benefits, and then also being absolutist has its own benefits as well. You have to be an absolutist towards the right things, not towards those things, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, yeah, you can't have the one without the other, that's for sure. Like, um, yeah, I mean, because I think, I think the, the, the Islamic fundamentalists or the, you know, even the radical Orthodox Jews or, or whoever they are who just have, have this, have this um, sort of behaviors, they, they, they just have a very unsophisticated and barbaric view of, of what, you know, the divine, you know. 
from your and point if of they, view. If they had any, if they had any, any actual view of the divine, because I think there is an actual. I don't think it's just made up. If they had any actual view of the divine. They, 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 they couldn't do those things. I mean, they, they, they just have a program. They, they're just mechan. They just have. They're just been fed a, a program. If they had Gurdjieff's idea, <laughs> you know, then they wouldn't. Then there, there, there'd be no possibility of that kind of, you know, behavior. Like, I, I know they I'm don't not... have an actual, they don't have an actual perspective of the divine. They have a, they, ha, they, they, they're just, they're just robots. I don't agree. I don't agree because you know the, uh, the I just read today the support of the Hamas in the Muslim um, countries are kind of growing, and that's because you know Allah is a war god. It's like the divine through the lens of a war god, and 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 you know what's what's his name here, Mohammed, and so and so you know it's it's exactly what they're feeling a contact to the divine. That's why the Hamas support is growing because it's the representation of God. As let's say Horus or the the not not Horus but you know the 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 the, the war god, that's for them divine and that to say that's that they for don't them divine the... like see that's yeah, the problem that's you can't just invent what the divine is for them. Um, We're all doing this. No, those guys who are flagellating themselves and you, you know say your and, interpretation of the divine is more true than theirs. Yes. <laughs> those guys, those guys, yes, those guys flagellating themselves to experience the divine, you know, making themselves bloody and marching. It's, it's a distortion. It's, it's, it's a distortion. It's obviously a distortion. Like you gotta say some things are true and some things aren't like, that's a distortion. Is you that? know, raping women and yelling Allah Akbar is a distortion. Any good Muslim knows that, you know. Any good Sufi, at least, or you know, the, in the more, the more, you know, the, the more refined versions of, right? That's just clear. Now, I, I don't, ha I don't say I have the, the ultimate version of of any any, any divine. I'm, a, I'm an idiot like everybody else, but I, but I'm saying that it's better than that. Some things are better than other things. Like there's a yeah. there's a field there's a there's a value. Right. No, and I completely agree. Have but higher it's... value than other things, and some versions of, of 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 religion are, you know, you know, you know, incredibly more refined and, and sophisticated than others. And some versions of religion don't even, you know, you can't even call Hamas religion. You just call them a, a suicidal nihilistic death cult. That's all they are. Right? Yes, but again, it's like that goes crucial to my point. Through which lens are you looking the you know at the looking at the divine? Through which glasses, you know? And so you can have like this completely uh, you know pre-modern uh, you know fundamentalist glasses of the divine, or or you have more modernistic you know. Or Why is it pre-modern? Because you're slaughtering people with a machete. That's not modern. That's pre-modern. That's pre-modern. Is that what all, the only thing that? people before the enlightenment did <laughs> I, I don't know i don't think that's yeah I mind mean, just look at the christian uh, uh history before before the you know uh, aufklärung the enlightenment i mean the the whole you know wars fought in the name of 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 jesus um, same shit's going on still here well yeah well i mean maybe okay i'm just being i'm always being a devil's advocate but it's just not so linear this pre-modern modern, modern. It's not so linear, like it's all happening at the same time.
Yeah, but again, yeah, that's the big discussion. But in the West, at least, we we developed you know a healthy immune system that as soon as there's a Christian sect now appearing, where you know the uh, uh, the state uh, will make sure you know um, uh, um, yeah. you can't terrorize other countries for that. And this is the you know the thing that the Muslim countries never do because they don't have this kind of immune system that says oh no we we we're, we're walking into paris you know in the in the butter clan and we have just you know slaughtered 80 people maybe we 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 should you know apologize and make sure that that never happens so you don't hear that from the muslim states and that's why they don't have you know the enlightenment or some uh, you know equivalent and they don't have a healthy immune system against their own fundamental fundamentalistic beliefs you know, so yeah. it's not like the English people, the English Protestants were going into Denmark and were slaughtering people there. It's, that's not happening because we have developed an immune system against those fundamentalistic beliefs. Yeah, because because perhaps perhaps. Yeah, perhaps it's a it's, it has a better religious you know structure or if, if, if we're agreeing with Bard that everything is religion then perhaps. Protestant capitalism is a better religion than pre-modern Islam, <laughs> you know. Um, I think pre-modern its... Christianity was gonna was equally a suckage. Like, like I mean, it's like they were horrible people. Yeah. In the yeah, but language. there was also these 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 little enclaves of culture, like in in Spain and in south of France, where there was the incredible kind of small communities of of, of mystics. Um, you know, uh, doing alchemy and you know Sufis and yeah, the backdoor, yeah, sure, the temple Christian. behind the temple. But I mean, the spectacle of the Inquisition, Inquisition, you know, that was like yeah. that was carnival. That there was no television, so let's burn some people. Yep. You know, so yeah. Taylor Swift didn't appear yet. Let's burn some people. Taylor Swift is the woman of the year <laughs> in Time Magazine. You know? The woman of the year. Yeah. How do you how do you like that for the world we're living in today? I think I think it's a big dogma, you know. Yeah, the world we're living in today is the world where Taylor Swift is the woman of the year. Yeah, that's the world we're living in. It could be worse. Time Magazine could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. You're right. Like yeah. as if The Rock identifies as a woman now, and then uh -huh. he's like, and then he becomes the woman of the year. That would be the icing on the cake, I think. If The Rock, who's The Rock again? You're, you're, you're better Dwayne The Rock Johnson. If he became a woman, and, yes, and and became the the woman the woman of the year. Exactly. Yeah, that would be special. That would be the icing on the cake, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's coming, Tom. It's coming. <laughs> this is like the <laughs> uh, yeah, reactionary I, view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trans uh, people are going to take over. Uh, you're completely it's right. A, yes. Total reactionary view. It's yes. Like, no, no, it will come. Oh, there. Sure. What? Yeah. It will come. Wasn't like Kylie Jenner, you know, Caitlyn, you know, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, the the new Kardashian woman in the clan that you know killed some people with the car, you know, who was once uh, like a you know athletic champion, never gave his gold medals back because he became a woman now. Um, he uh -huh. he was once woman of the year, no? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But but I, but it's like kind of what we were talking about at the beginning about like. I was watching these '80s movies recently and realizing how much more natural people used to be in their bodies, yeah. and, and how like completely 
how completely technologized yeah. technologized we've become um and that that affects the morphology the body the naturalness yeah you know you know but, but i like being a, i like i don't i i, I like my um ai yoga app oh you have one i've got an ai yoga app oh yeah. nice i got it's called down dog and and i didn't know that the lady was 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 an ai until about two months my wife was oh, like wow. she's not real she's an ai i was like no it's a real person and then uh she she then she looked it up and yes indeed you can switch the voices the bodies the races you can you can you can you can it's completely did you masturbate to her actually i i I chose her because she didn't do anything for me and i preferred not to have titties in my face when i'm doing yoga oh wow she had oh wow it's a real it's a complete avatar or what she's an avatar yeah yeah you know i was like okay it's kind of neutral i don't feel anything for her so so you know it just let's add more tit mm. yeah you could do i think they have the ones that are more you can you can choose you can choose a you know a good looking black man if you want you know with a monster hawk yes i need this yeah <laughs> <Monster>. <laughs> we really yeah we we really uh we came full circle andrew <laughs> here's the first circle <laughs> this is the first circle when we, we go into these like tense arguments about profound metaphysical things and then we get back to the to the, the big hog, hog. the big, big hog, hog yes the anaconda, mm. the anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> all right andrew i think ah, we got you're it such today. a racist term 